Hello and welcome fellow lighting nerds and friends to another episode of The Light Files, the lighting industry's podcast. My name is Lisa Bartlett. Thank you for joining me again this week. Uh, Patreon.com slash Light Files to support the podcast, 50 listener challenge, all the things. <laughs> uh, follow us on Facebook. Uh, sorry, not Facebook, on Instagram at Light Files. Follow me on Instagram at Lisa Lights Life. Going on a vacation here pretty soon. If you want to have some vacation inspo, I'm super excited about this vacation. Although it's going to be a lot of um, pictures of the ocean. So <laughs> we're doing a transatlantic uh, cruise. <laughs> so I'm super, super delighted and excited for it. But um, yeah, that's what you're going to see. But follow me and um, we can keep conversations going even while I'm away. Um, again, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate everyone's support and, uh, participation and engagement with me on the podcast. It really means the world. So thank you so much. Patreon.com slash light files. I got an email this week, um, totally unrelated to what we do, but, um, I, uh, let's see, it was probably five or six years ago. I really got hooked on, I'm not an exercise girl, right? Like I don't love to sweat. I don't love going to the gym. It's a miserable experience for me, but me, like everybody else in the world, um, has to find a way to move my body, um, in order to get to the weight goals I want for the amount I want to eat. So if I was a person that was really fine, uh, just living on air, <laughs> I probably wouldn't have to exercise, but, uh, that, is not the case for me. I like carbs. I like a cocktail. Um, I like to enjoy my food. So that being the case, I have to find a way to exercise. So my thing about five or six years ago, I just got into randomly. I thought, well, let me just give this a shot. I started going to yoga and I just fell in love with the practice of yoga, uh, probably because I'm such a kind of high strung type a personality. The, uh, meditative format of yoga is really helpful for me. Um, I, I just really enjoy it. And I gotten away from it for a while. Um, I, life got busy. It was easy to come up with excuses not to go. I'm definitely a person that needs to go to in-studio classes whenever I try to do like yoga on the iPad. Um, yeah, I do it for like 10 minutes and then I get bored and I'm done. <laughs> but when you go to a class, it's, it's harder to get up in the middle of the class and leave, uh, especially when you've paid money to be there. <laughs> so I enjoy going to classes and um, just about, I'm going to say about six months ago, I really started to get into my practice again and found a yoga studio actually pretty close to my house and found uh, some instructors there that I really liked. Actually, in a random turn of events, um, I do live in a small town, but the um, person who's become my favorite yoga instructor, when she first moved to the Savannah area about 10 years ago, she worked at Pace Lighting. <laughs> uh, actually, it would have been more like 15 years ago. She worked at Pace Lighting at my business um, before I... Um, became an employee there, certainly before I owned the business. Um, but just totally random that my favorite, uh, yoga instructor, uh, used to be an employee at the business I now own. So that's just a fun thing in life. And she left under good terms. Thank God. Cause I was worried about that. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I, this studio is close to my house. Um, and I really enjoy the practice there. 
and I, this favorite yoga instructor of mine, we're now, uh, you know, social media friends. And I saw on her social media that they are closing this, the yoga studio by my house on October 31st. And as I record this, it is October 24th. So just one week from today. And I'm just super, super bummed about this. And, um, she sent me the email announcement. I guess somehow I'd missed it, but, um, you know, this business, it, they have two studios in the uh, Savannah area. And, um, in the email, they said that they are, um, $250,000 in debt as a business and burning five to $10,000 beyond their income every month. So that's just a, te- a very terrible place to be as a business. Um, sometimes actually it's uh, okay for a business to lose money, but maybe only for a year or so. And then you need to turn that around. But of course, a business like a yoga studio would be incredibly hard hit by the pandemic. And I think they're just not finding people coming back to classes um, after the pandemic, the way they anticipated that they would. And I have seen this business, uh, make some shifts. You know, they definitely have, uh, they have vaccinated classes and open classes where you can be vaccinated or not. And, uh, when they implemented that a couple months ago, I felt sure it was a, uh, a move to try to encourage more vaccinated people to come to class and feel safe about it. Um, but anyway, I'm just really disappointed in this and how this relates to light files in our industry is it got me thinking a lot about succession planning and business exits and, uh, what that looks like and the harsh reality that for most of us as a small business, uh, many family owned, many just led by a strong personality that is really attached to what they do, um, Sometimes there is not a clear path for an exit or a succession. And sometimes you just make it work and make your income and generate your savings for as long as you can. And then when you're done and you feel like you've had enough um, time in the business and you've been able to, uh, you know, save enough money for your retirement, uh, sometimes the succession plan is just to retire and close the doors. And, um, yeah, it just got me thinking a lot about that. It For me personally, I am so engaged in this business and what I do, I find it hard to just believe that nobody would want to come behind me <laughs> and fall in love and do everything I've done. Um, Frank Bartlett, my husband, the person who, uh, with his business partner, founded Pace Lighting um, and who I have since uh, bought the business from, uh, he has said to me that without me, uh, that pace lighting probably either wouldn't exist or it would certainly wouldn't exist in the form that it's in today. Um, and his point with that wasn't so much to pay me a compliment, but, um, to just note that it's hard to find somebody to take over a boutique business and have them really engage and feel passionate about it. Um, it, it's just a whole other level of mindset when it comes to job and, responsibility to not just go to a business and collect a paycheck and tick off the boxes of everything that you're supposed to do in a day, but to really kick it up to the next level and engage every single day, even when you don't feel like it, to strategize every single day, even when you don't feel like it, 
to deal with all of the issues that you would just really rather not deal with, but there's nobody else to turn to, right? The hard issues come up. And as the business owner, you know, the books, buck stops here and you have got to, you know, deal with it. Even when it's, as I've discussed before, issues that you have a really hard time with. Like for me, sometimes it can be personality management. Like that's not my strong suit necessarily as a, as a business manager, um, mostly because I just don't want to deal with it. Not because I can't, I just don't want to. And it really forces me out of my comfort zone to have to deal with issues like that. So I, I, I struggle with that a bit, but yeah, when it comes to this idea of successions and exits, um, it's a big thing to plan for, and it's hard to see a clear path, I think. And it's a worrisome for a lot of us. Like, I think it's something that you have to start planning for early. Let's call it like retirement, <laughs> like, if, like retirement savings. Like if you're not saving for your retirement, basically for the moment you enter the workforce, um, things potentially could be a struggle down the line. So it, it, you know, we all just know it's something, whether we do it or not, we all understand intuitively that we should be saving for our retirement basically right away. Even if it's only like $10 a week, you're able to save. It's better than nothing. Um, and I feel like succession planning is a similar thing. If you really feel like you're in a position where this business can thrive and continue without you, you just have to find the right pieces to put into place to allow it that space. Like sometimes if it's a family business and there's another member of the family who's younger and just as committed as the parents or aunts and uncles or grandparents were, that can work out really well. Um, I know the history in you know family businesses, passing them down to the next generation, it's really spotty. Um, so that's not always a foolproof game plan. So I've just realized that even for me, um, I've been an owner of pace lighting for going on, I think six years now and the majority owner for just a little under that time. Sorry, doing math in my head. Y'all know math isn't my strong suit. I have to get the calculator. Um, <laughs> so, um, Anyway, even, even though I'm still on the new side of being a business owner and running this business, I feel like it behooves the business for me to start really making those big picture paths and plans in my head now, even just trying to envision what it would look like for my business, what kind of people I need to have in place with the understanding of somebody that's going to like come along and get really engaged in the business and enjoy it as much as I do, um, that person isn't going to show up and be in that position on day one. It's going to be 10, I, I would say five, 10 years in before they are really at that level of being so committed and engaged and invested in the business in its future that you could even think about that. So, I mean, that's trying to hire somebody like now for me to even think about uh, you know, when I'm 50 or 50 plus to even think about, you know, bringing them in a more ownership level. It, it's just a lot. And I know you can do that a little along and you can do all sorts of things um, with succession planning. But basically, I think it's never too, never too early to think about how that might go. And like, for me, I have my ideal path, which is 
to uh, have an engaged uh, set of employees and have a few of them that are just as in love with the industry and the business as I am that eventually want to buy out my shares of the business. Like that's my plan A. And then they take it over from there. Uh, You know, another plan is what I said a few minutes ago, where when I'm done, it's just kind of done and we sell off the business for its parts and it goes into my savings and, and we call it a day. I don't want that by any stretch, but it is like, I, I feel like you have to have a list of, of plans and contingencies. And then also I ideas of things you might do, um, if the worst were to happen. So let's say everyone says that this housing market that we're in, not everyone, it seems to be commonly understood that the housing market that we're in is sort of wild right now, um, where houses are appreciating in value so much. But it also seems to be the general consensus that this isn't another bubble um, and that we aren't going to head into a recession after it. I do have my worries. But um, you know, if you felt that your business wasn't in a place to withstand another recession, which is a very hard thing to do, Um, I think knowing when you're at your limit, just like this yoga studio that's uh, closing one of their locations, knowing when you're at your limit and you just cannot tolerate any further loss and having a plan for what you're going to do if that happens, I think is really useful and important. And in a way, it can be a great security blanket like, okay, nobody wants that to be the scenario. But if you have an idea in your head or have talked to attorneys or um, accountants about you know, what that bottom line might be. Like when I reach this point, do we just pull the string and say we're done? I think having that plan in place, um, as just your fail safe is, is really important. And it's stuff that I think about a lot. Um, even in just my day to day, I feel like I'm always thinking about, uh, my staff and things that the business needs and, you know, thinking about my own, um, shortcomings as a leader and my own, my strengths as a leader. I talk about my shortcomings a lot, but I do feel like I have a lot of strengths as a leader too. And, um, finding, figuring out where those gaps are and where maybe I need a personality type that, um, is uh, similar to mine or opposite of mine in order to best run the business long-term. Um, it's just, I think important to always have it in mind what your long-term future is and to try incrementally make decisions every day that aim you towards that long-term future, even with the understanding that, you know, plan A might not necessarily work out. So maybe you want it set up so that you can retire at a young age, let's call it 60. So I want to aim everything so that I can be retired and done by 60. And, you know, you get your pieces in place, but you know, you know, we make plans and God laughs or whatever they're saying is. So, you know, you know, um, that it's not necessarily always going to go the way you, you intend it, but at least as long as you can be constantly kind of steering the ship in that direction, I find it's really, really useful and helpful in making little daily decisions because I know what my end goal is. I know what my end point is. And if I can incrementally steer the ship in that direction, I feel much more secure and stable and confident that I'm going to eventually be able to get to that endpoint that I'm envisioning in my head now. And you guys know, um, probably because if you listen to this podcast or know me at all, 
that I, um, I tend to be, I tend to be strategic and I tend to be very open about, um, things I want, uh, for my business and for me personally, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with sharing with the staff of what my personal plans are in a big picture way. Now I'm not saying I give all of the details, but in a big picture way to give them the idea of where this business is headed. And I also want it because I want my staff to feel like their investment in time every day showing up to pace lighting will pay off for them too in the long run. Look, it's not Coca-Cola here where you have a major corporation and, you know, a pathway to promotions and, you know, you do this job in customer service and then you're uh, an assistant manager, then a manager, then a regional manager. Like there's no, we're not big enough to have that kind of setup. So for people to come in and feel engaged every day at a small business and to really stay for a long period of time, I feel that they have to be able to see the path forward for them personally. Um, and I think that's what helps them want to stay in the job um, rather than, okay, I'm ready for growth. I've mastered this. Um, and then they go and look for a job outside of my business. Well, I want them to, to understand that there's places for them inside the business. And here's the future I see for myself and ways that I might step back and ways that you might step up. And of course, you know, taking on additional responsibility and tasks involves, you know, raises or titles and, and all of that. But there's always, um, a path for growth even in a small business. But I think in terms of the leadership, if you're not thinking about that eventual succession and allowing space for people to step up and grow uh, beneath you, then the succession plan is probably going to end up being the one I started out talking about where eventually you just retire and close the business because there's nobody that's been cultivated for long enough to really fill the shoes of the dynamic business owner, AKA you that's in place now. It's just, it's really hard. And I've seen it. My husband sold, um, his other business, um, a year ago and they've been doing marvelously well. Um, the business, the people that he sold the business to have, um, they have really just thrived, um, they have grown the business, <laughs> you know, Frank was like, I sold it, I sold it too soon. I sold it too cheap, but it just shows their commitment to really engaging and stepping up and, and being a part of that business and its long-term future. And aside from, you know, he sold it to a group of employees and with the exception of one of them, um, most of these employees have been with the company, um, 15, uh, 20 years or longer, actually I think with the exception of two. And one of them was almost there from day one. So, um, but those are the kind of people that you're going to need to have in place to turn a business over to. If you plan to sell it, I guess the other option is selling it to an outside investor or competitor. Um, I guess I'm not going to speak too much on that because I don't understand it. I don't know how that would work and look. Um, but I just feel like it's, it's my business right now. I feel like it is my responsibility to grow it, to take what was not given to me because I bought it, but, but to take what was given to me and leave it in better shape than when I found it. So I want to leave my business in better shape than when I acquired it so that the next people that acquire the business from me 
are even that much further ahead of the game and are in a better place, you know, financially and strategic and understanding our market and how to act and how to react and how to pivot the business to keep it going and strengthening and moving forward instead of, you know, languishing. So that's like my big mission in finding a team that can support my vision and understand the vision and grow in that vision. Just like I said, when Frank um, sold his business to a group of long-term employees, they had worked with him for so long. They understood the vision. They understood the business's strengths and weaknesses, and they continue to play to those strengths. And it has led them to be even more successful um, in a lot of ways than they were before, which is really remarkable. And for all of us as business owners, I think it's the kind of, uh, honestly ego boost that you would love to see. <laughs> like I would be delighted, um, to one day sell pace lighting and have it become even more successful after me than it was with me, because I will feel like that it was my groundwork that put all that into place. So I just don't know. It's a lot to think about with succession planning and, you know, this thing with the yoga studio really kicked off this topic in my head and in my thoughts of like, gosh, so they've run into right now what I consider like my worst case scenario, but I have a plan for that. So would it be the most, uh, would it be the happiest day of my life to have to enact that worst case plan? No, it wouldn't, but it's there. And I know it's always something I can turn to if I absolutely need it. So if no, if we don't come out of this podcast with anything other than this idea that succession planning is something you start now and have a long-term goal and to always have that backup plan, like if things got to this point, here's what we do to salvage as much as we can with minimal losses and just get out of this thing. And I think knowing that that baseline is there, um, helps me adjust and, and honestly sleep better at night (laughs) than I would if I didn't know what my, what my bottom level, um, exit plan was, you know, in the event of, in the event of an emergency. (laughs) Well, anyway, thank you so much for listening again. I really appreciate it. Thank you for your support and time and energy and enthusiasm. Thank you for being such excellent lighting friends and colleagues. And I will talk to you next time. Take care.